Hey there, everyone, and welcome to this episode of Barrels and Business. As always, I am your hostess, Jay Green, and my job is to bring you tangible tips and advice on how you can grow your business and scale it, how you can surf more, stress less, and share some lols about uh, what happens out here. We're going to have a good old laugh. Okay, maybe we should laugh. No, no, we'll, we, will, we, we will laugh. I will, I will laugh slowly, though. You'll, you'll find out more in a moment. Yeah. So this is uh, now my friend, Anthony Lay. We became friends a couple of months ago. Yeah. But just last week, I was out here doing my usual watch the sunrise, have my coffee, and I decided I should stand up out of this window and start screaming at someone because this fella was walking out of the surf kind of holding his neck and looking a bit dazed and confused. And then he thought maybe he was just confused because there was a weird woman in her 90s <laughs> screaming out of the window. That was weird. but It was a little <laughs> odd. And I was trying not to scream too loud because it was so early. Queensland time, it was like 6 o'clock in the morning or something. Yeah, you went, let's face it, you... You're, you're saying that you tried to be quiet, but you were like a rooster <laughs> stood in your window. That doesn't sound like me at all. Now, on that morning, I'd already seen someone snap a board, but it looked kind of tiny out there. It didn't look very big. No, it was big. It was, it was, it was huge. It was, it was triple overhead. No, it wasn't. It, it looked really small, except for, I'd, yeah, I'd already seen someone snap their board, and then I saw someone snap their neck. Yeah, yeah. That's, um, we're going straight into that story. Cool. So, yeah. I, was, I like to just go was, with the chunky bits. It was about two foot out there, but it was low tide, super shallow, and it was just one of those waves that just, it was just smashing down onto, on, onto the sandbank. It was super fun, and yeah, I, I paddled into a wave. It looked like the kind of wave that was, that you could take off and go straight for the cover up. I went for it, was 100% sure that I'd committed to it and had it dialed in. And I'm not a, so I'm not a hundred percent sure exactly what happened because there's a moment where where in time where I've got no memory because I I got knocked out. But I remember taking off, dropping in, thinking, yeah, I've got this. Looking down the line, and then the next thing, I was under the water, couldn't see anything because I'd lost my vision. My ear was ringing. It was you know how um, in uh, like a like a war movie where they throw the stun grenade in and everyone's like. Yeah. and everyone's running around dazed and confused I was like that because it was so shallow I was able to stand up and I stood up my vision sort of came back into view and I was like whoa what just happened like, that was crazy my, the, the amount of pain in my ear was, was just intense it was, I was just so confused so I sort of stood out there for a bit just trying to reorientate myself and figure out what's going on came in from where that's all the waves were breaking a bit because it I mean, because it was shallow, I was really lucky that I was able to just stand straight up and just sort of sat myself down in the water for a second, just tried to reorientate myself. And then I was like, okay, right, I've hurt my neck, but I think it was just me just twisting it in a bad way. So I came and came, got myself out, sat on the beach for a bit and started to stretch, thinking, oh, this is going to be tight in a minute. So I started to do a few stretches and looked at the, I was, I was looking at the ocean thinking, right, you're not going to get the better of me. So, the stubbornness. Yeah, so the stubbornness. So I, I was, I was sore, like between my shoulder blades was was really sore. But I thought, no, no, I'm going to paddle straight back out again now because I'd gone headfirst into the sand. 
It sounded giving me one of those sand grazes across my forehead, and I didn't realise that because it, it was like a rash. There was, there was blood on the on, on my head as well, and I, so I paddled back out and and. Clayton, who, who I was at a certain with, who's who's part of uh, Omni, which I think um, we've had on the podcast yeah, we've had before. On the podcast yep. already. So Clayton was out there. I paddled back out, and he said, "Look, I think you might need to go in. Your your, your head's bleeding." So I was like, "Oh, okay, yeah, it is a little bit. It wasn't like pouring with blood, but there was there was blood there." So I caught a little wave, paddled in, started to walk up the beach, and Clayton followed me in at this point, and I started to have this weird sort of vision going on in my left eye, like seeing stars and stuff. Um, I mean, this was when you were chatting at me and stuff as well. And I was just like, what's going on? I've hurt my head. I've got someone's chatting at me out of a house like, over there. What's this crazy like, one? And so, yeah, I ended up walking out the beach. And I ride, a, so I ride a little moped around here on the Gold Coast. Love riding my little moped. Got a little board rack on the side. And Clayton said to me, it's the Mando on the moped. <laughs> it is. So if you want... The manped. If you The manped. <laughs> if you've listened to the podcast with Clayton and Jeremy from Ombi... This is Mando, and there is a video spliced into that episode of, oh, of the actual dolphin, and I think they spliced you being Mando uh, as well. Okay, so Mando really. on the moped. Mo, yeah. Mo-man? I don't know. Mo-man? <laughs> Mo-man maybe, maybe might work. New word. Yes, sorry. Continue. The moped. Yeah, so Clayton was saying to me, look, I think you need to just put... Put your board in my van and I'll drive you home. I was like, no, 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 I'm absolutely fine. I'll, 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 let me just sit down for a minute and I'll be fine. Really dizzy, really disorientated at this time. And Clayton was, no, put your board in the van. I was like, no, absolutely not. So anyway, ended up putting a helmet then on my head, <laughs> riding my scooter home, which was a, not a huge ride, about 15-minute ride. Got home and said to Nicola, my wife, I said, look, I think I've given myself whiplash. We got any frozen peas? I just need to put them in the back of my neck. Frozen peas fix everything. They do. They do fix everything. Yeah. And yeah. Unfortunately, they don't quite fix this. But no. I, yeah. So I was then laid on the floor all day with, with just changing the ice in the back of my neck. And it came towards the end of the day. And Nicola was going to me, "Look, you need to go to me." Being stubborn, no, I don't need to. It's just, it's just a twist. I'll be fine. I'm Mando. I'll be fine tomorrow. About? I'm looking forward to serving tomorrow. It came towards, it came towards the end. And of the pearly whites glint. It came towards the end of the day. And I'd fallen asleep on the floor during the day, and it was it was really uncomfortable. I was also I was talking a bit of gibberish; didn't really know what was going on, to be honest. So the, the, I had quite bad concussion. I didn't think so at the time. And yeah, I'd fallen asleep, and I woke up. And although I could move my body, so I could twist, I physically couldn't get up off the floor. It was like excruciating pain trying to get up off the floor. And Nicola said, Look, "That's it. I'm taking you to hospital." So we went into the hospital. 8 o'clock that evening. So this happened at 6 o'clock in the morning. 8 o'clock that evening, we finally ended up going to hospital, walk in, told them I had a neck injury, didn't even have to wait, straight in, got put into a bed. They said, we're going to send you down for a scan. And they, so I went down for a CT scan. Straight away, they came back and said, right, do not move. You've got to lay in that bed. You're not allowed to sit up. You're now bed bound. You've, you've uh, fractured your C4. Uh, you've also fractured your T4 and T5. I was like, okay, so this is actually quite serious. And so then it was a really weird roller coaster ride of emotions. I'm generally a really positive person. And, and even when this happened, I was, I was still feeling good. But there was, because, of, because it was a C4 and they're worried, they knew that it hadn't damaged the nerve, but they're worried about how close it was to an artery, the break. So I said, look, we need to do some more scans to, to really find out what's, what's happened here. But until that point in time, you can't do anything. And so they said, look, this is a situation. Whereabouts it is. 
at the present moment in time, you've still got movement. You could make one movement now that could completely change that, and you could end up damaging either the artery, or it could be worse, and you could end up damaging a nerve. So they said, we're going to put you in a, in a hard neck brace, so I ended up being one of these plastic things that was doing this. And then they started talking to me about what possibly could happen. And they, they were saying that I could end up in a halo, which was having the bolts. Oh, in. God. And at that point in time, throughout the whole experience, that was the only time that I got really emotional and got really upset because, for me, that was just like, I honestly thought I'd been moving around all day. You're going to be like that dog with the big thing mm. on your head. Yeah. And so that made me really uncomfortable. And it, so following on from that, I then spent 36 hours in the hospital just staring straight up at the ceiling. They were dosing me up on painkillers and... It was just a really long process between everything happening. Then I had to, so I had to go for an MRI. They couldn't fit me in until the next day. So in total, I spent two nights in hospital. On so on the Friday eve, late Friday afternoon, I went for the MRI. They said that the doctors aren't going to be around to analyse it, so you're going to have to wait until tomorrow. They're also keeping me in for the concussion, and, and obviously until they knew what was going on with my neck, they couldn't let me move. So I had to yeah. pee into a bottle. I wasn't even allowed to sit up. And I was getting a really sore in the back of my head from just laying there oh staring, gosh, at staring at the ceiling. Because they were, they were like, just don't move. Like, I was like, can I just sit up? I just need to sit up. Like, the back of my head's hurting. I went, no, you've got you to stay laying down. Anyway, so I'm laying there, 36 hours staring at the ceiling, all sorts of stuff going on inside my head. I spent a lot of time really focused on my breathing. It's one of the, the, the strategies that I've used to help me heal. This is because he's just enlightened me that he's a sceptical woo-woo. Yeah, I'm so sceptical woo-woo. Sceptical or curious, however, whichever word. I do believe that I cured my neck injury that they told me I had eight mm. percent whole person impairment forever via a decision. Mm. That's a yeah. Look, I also there, a little there's, woo-woo. There's definitely a lot of stuff which comes from the power of the mind, which I and the reason why I say curiously sceptical is because I always think that there's some kind of scientific answer for everything. So I'm always trying to find the answer. But I would never discount the fact that some strange force might be at play. And I like that idea. I think it makes life interesting and, and, and really cool. So You didn't answer my question the other day about Dr. Joe Dispenza, if you'd done any of his work. I haven't, so I, I know of the Dr. Joe Dispenza. I've listened to a few of the things that he's put out there, but I've never invested in any of, of, of his work. Yeah. I do know a lot of people that have. So, um, but yeah, so go, going back to the hospital thing. So I went in for the MRI scan. That was that was a strange experience. The MRI, it was uh, I could you could feel yourself being like cooked like, yeah. inside the tube. It's I've like, had a, I've had a few, unfortunately. Yeah, Maybe that's why I'm so cooked. It's um yeah, definitely a, a strange experience. So anyway, I had the MRI done, and me laying there for thirty hours thinking what what's possibly going to happen. Tried to stay positive the entire time, but obviously the halo thing kept on popping up. And the doctor then came in on Saturday, probably about about midday. Said, oh yeah, we've had a look at the MRI, and good news is all your stables, all, your, all of your fractures are stable. I was like, okay, so, so what does that mean? And they said, well, it means on. it means that you just get to wear a soft collar. I was like, what? So you and yesterday from, from, he was wearing the soft collar while he was yeah. filming us down here, and he just walked into my house and I said, what's going on? Where's your collar? Yeah. Why, so, why no collar? So this is this is what's been really interesting, and this is now where my curious woo woo kind of comes into it. So this is. So I broke my neck two weeks ago. There is, my neck is still broken. So it's broken on C4, T4, and T5. I've still got the fractures. They are stable. Because you had your x-rays yesterday. 
Yeah, not, so, we didn't like yeah. recklessly just decide that the neck brace didn't match your outfit. No. Although it did match your shorts, it, it you were coordinated, yep. right? But you've not just thrown it recklessly no. away. Okay, good. So yes, yesterday it was my two week checkup. So I was going to see the physio and also have some X-rays. Went to see the physio, and he and he said to me, he said, "Look, pop pop the collar off, and I want you to just move your head from left to right and show me what your range of movement is." And so I took the collar off and just moved, and he. His eyes just suddenly like nearly dropped out of his skull, and he just like his jaw dropped. Yeah. He said, "Did that hurt doing that?" And I was like, "Well, no, it didn't hurt at all." Like I, I said, "Like it's not. It, there's tension and there's some discomfort there, but no, it doesn't hurt moving it side to side." He said, "Well, go well, go there to there," and he was like, "Wow, You're freaking me out doing this." Yeah, don't. <laughs> so he said to me, "I don't know how this has happened. We've never seen this before, but you, but the amount of." Uh, range of motion that you've got and the amount of pain that you're in, because I'm not even in any pain, just tension is the way I like to call it. So we don't normally see that until somebody is six weeks into their recovery. So he said to me, he said, look, you, you might as well take the collar off. Like, and Because the collar that. can make you weak in yeah. all the other areas. Yeah. I, I took my collar off early as well because I found it was weakening everything else and yeah. I had a similar situation. I had more, more range. Hmm. So you've got to do it carefully, but yeah, it can be a, yeah. a hindrance to your recovery longer term if you stay yeah. immobilized, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So that was so he was just like, look, it'd be good to, to keep those muscles engaged because I've been surfing a lot in the lead up to this accident. I've been surf because because of COVID going on. My the, what I'm normally doing is standing on stage speaking. There are no stages really at the moment. So my, not just speaking though. What else do you do? I didn't mention. Did you bring as, them as well? Oh no! No, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't bring any. I thought that we'd add, add, add tangible value rather than we, we can always do a little mini show. Maybe. Oh, can we? Can we yeah, add yeah. it? I can always splice it in. So um, he's a magician. That's where we're going. So yes, yeah, as so, you can tell. <laughs> so that's what I'm normally doing because there haven't been many stages for me to perform on. Uh, I've had a lot of time to surf, so I've been I've been surfing a lot. So it's really strengthened up my neck muscles, and yeah. So me taking the collar off means now that I can keep those muscles. You're almost a professional mando. Engaged, almost, almost. But look, for if we look at that recovery, and this is whereabouts I come in, and I'm curiously, curiously woo woo or skeptically woo woo. There was five things that happened throughout that. So in that two weeks, there was five things that I focused on intently, which I think has helped with my healing process. First one was breath work, like really consciously breathing and doing a lot of breath hold stuff. And when I'm holding my breath, that feeling, if you've done any breath work, you'll know that, that you get that sort of like warm, warm, warm feeling in your body when you, when you hold your breath. And so I've been focusing, sending that warm, warm, warm feeling into this part of my neck. So that sounds woo-woo, but it, I'm sure that it's worked. I 100% believe you, and this is why I asked if you'd done Joe Dispenza stuff and stuff as well. So, where did you where did you come across breathwork to to start with, and what what was the the jump for you to okay. go? Okay, I'm going to send the womp 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 to my neck, and it's going to start doing some healing. So, part of that that focus intention is is spending so much time in the in the personal development world, just knowing about setting your intention and that kind of thing. Heard just the story of Joe Dispenser and how he visualized his spine rebuilding and that kind of thing. So I, I, I was kind of there as well. In terms of breathing, so Nicola, my wife, she's a breath coach. 
And when she initially got into it, me being curiously skeptical, I was just like, what are you talking about? What you is all this You can teach people to breathe, yeah. woman? What? I was like, don't, we, we, just, we, we, we all we, breathe. We just breathe. What are you talking about? You can't teach people how to breathe. So, <gasps> it, so in order to be a supportive partner and husband and father, I went on a two-day breathing experience so that I could understand what it was that she was doing yep. so that I could support her and so that I could understand the business that she was trying to create. And... In that two days, I was just like, well, okay, I'm converted. I am completely converted. I can now understand the reason why we need to be conscious in our breathing, why we need to be very deliberate in the way that we breathe. So, yeah, that's how the breathwork stuff came about. Uh, big advocate now for, for can anyone you just, to do breathwork. For anyone that's listening that doesn't really know the benefits besides being able to hold your breath when you get pounded, yeah. what are some of the key reasons why someone should look into doing breathwork? Healing your spine, being able to hold your breath when you get dumped. Yeah, absolutely healing. Bringing and centering your emotional state, being able to, to, to deal with stress and anxiety. So since now doing the breath work, it's now become a key part in the public speaking training that I do because people do get really nervous when they're about to go on stage or, or now when they're about to go on Zoom or, or any video or even just recording videos for social media. You make me breathe before we sat down when I was freaking out five seconds ago. You know what's going on. <laughs> so it, breath can be used to to center yourself. It can be used. It can be used to heal. It can it can be used to also bring you present, bring you in the moment. And I'm I don't claim to know everything, but just there's just so many benefits. Helps you sleep better. So I now take my mouth shut every single night whenever I go to sleep. Now, where did that come from? That came from. So that came from, uh, there's a guy called Matt, Matt Wilbur who's been, so I've got lower back issues. And he was saying a big part of the reason why you've got lower back issues is because you're not breathing properly. And so I was like, okay. He said, Look, just try this one simple thing. Take your mouth shut when you go to sleep at night. Did and he get that from James Nestor? So his book, Breathe. So oh, well, it, like it, it came partly from that, but he is also trained in the oxygen advantage um, okay. technique. Just as I saw... Someone in my feed the other day had just read Breathe yeah. by James Esther. And Great actually, book. I gave it to my ex-boyfriend just recently as well. And he said, changed his life. Yeah, yeah. And everyone was putting up these pictures of them taping yeah. their mouth. I haven't read the book yet. I'm waiting for it to... I said, well, give it as a gift and I can yeah. have it back after. Um, that's interesting you say that because I fractured my spine at L5 twice. Right. So I... Well, when we first met and I started doing the surf coaching mm. challenge, I was still just coming out of the strapping yeah. tape and couldn't walk up the beach and all that. Yeah. So I need to ta- tape my mouth shut? 100%. I, was <laughs> I think ex-husband would tell me to do that anyway. <laughs> there, there, there are many benefits to taping your mouth shut, not just breathing. If you're well, a, not breathing. If you're a, if you're a, if you're a, a chronic night talker, then it, it, can, it can also help solve that. I, I, would, I would not... Now go to sleep without taping my mouth. Wow! Yeah, I hundred percent would oh, be. I'll be a massive advocate for. I'm I'm now a huge advocate for anything to do with breathing. Anything to do with breathing, whether that whether you decide to go for the Wim Hof route, whether you decide to go for the slightly uh, Wim Hof's quite a like. It's, I heard it, something controversial it's, about it's this. It's quite intense. I love Wim, and mm-hmm. I've skinny dipped with Wim, and mm-hmm. I was doing Wim breathing, but I had. Yeah. Um, Someone who specialises in anxiety tell me to stop doing it because Wim um, is it's all on about the in and just let it go on the way out. So it's like yeah. like so big big deep breaths in only 
subtly letting out, which apparently is telling us parasympathetic nervous system that we're not completely safe because when you can, and this is why we do lion's breath and om, and I think that's the longest om I've ever done in my life. (laughs) Um, I'm not going to do the lion's breath. But the out is what tells us we're safe and secure because we've got the time. So she said if I was having anxiety... Don't do what I was doing, which is yeah. sitting down and doing my whim in the morning and some push-ups. Yeah, um, look, I don't know the exact science behind that. So I don't know if I'm the if I'm the expert on it. But what? So the whim breath, from what I understand, so the James Nestor book "Breathe" is really good because it covers the, the science around that. And so from what I've read, what I'm getting is that so stuff like 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 whim, you wouldn't want to walk around doing whim hop oh, no. okay but if you're <laughs> doing, but if you're doing it as an intentional so if yeah. you are intentionally breathing in that way to alkaline and to, yeah then, yeah. It, then it's, it's, it's a really good breathing practice then you've got things like box breathing so you've got mm. like like the four in hold for four four out hold for four yeah. four that's another really good technique that can be used at a different moment in time when i was one of the the, the breathing techniques that i use and i use regularly and it's, it's i suppose when I, if i'm ever going to bring conscious awareness to my breathing and to just be present in the moment is I go in for five and out for five, and I do it as a circular breath. So there's yeah. no pause in between, and that's all done through the nose. I, with my coaching calls, we often start with breath work. I usually let the guys choose what they want yeah. to do. We're going to do whim, we're going to circular, or we're going to box. But from speaking to this um, anxiety um, specialist the other day, she was suggesting that do the box breath, but do a longer out. Yeah. So still do the same thing. So maybe you do... Um, Four in, four hold, yeah. six out, or seven out, yeah. or eight out, whatever you can, and yeah. work it that way if you're feeling anxious or if you're calming before you walk onto the stage or yeah. something like that. I'm pretty sure, and so if you end up reading the James Nestor book, Breathe, and I'm, and, I, and, I, and I'm wrong, then excuse me this, but I'm pretty sure that I remember reading a part in it, and there was, when people are anxious, or, or there's this, oh, just, just remember to breathe, right? <laughs> and, and apparently that could be one of the worst pieces of advice you can give to somebody. Okay. <laughs> Instead, they should actually hold their breath. Yeah. So that they're not taking on this. <laughs> yeah, that so actually, high chest. Yeah, so it's actually taking the breath in and holding it, which, which, which will actually force them yeah. to calm down. And then they, can, then they can then go into a controlled breath. Which is why you, when someone was hyperventilating, you should give them the paper bag because the idea was to get them to breathe out long enough to expand the paper bag. So, again, that was mm. getting them to um, have the breath out and yeah. feel safe rather than just breathing in there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Look, one of the – and just very simply, I, I just teach people. So when it comes to public speaking, when it comes to speaking on camera, if somebody is feeling that anxiety before they're about to go on, it is very much about becoming aware of that breath. That's the first thing – you need to focus on it to just go look okay let's just control my breathing so i've never so up until reading james nestor's james nestor's book i've never told anybody to hold their breath but what i've always said to him is just notice how you're breathing and bring it down to a rate that is calm so if you were calm if you were confident how would you be breathing and then use that breath before you're about to walk out so that you sort of absorb into it my problem is i forget to breathe so clayton's said to me yesterday he's like you know why you want to race to the end of the wave? He's like, because you're holding your breath till you get yeah. there. And he said, I do the same thing on the skate ramp. He's like, 
He was going all the way around, and that's why he tried to make me whistle or make the fart noises. Yeah. I'm like, I can't do it because like my brain can't do the mouth thing and the action. <laughs> yeah. sounds terrible. At the same time. And so every time he tried to make me do the fart noise or whistle yeah. on the skate, I would. I took him down with me one time. I just ate shit. It's the only time I ate shit. And then yesterday when I was yeah. surfing, he's like, I can see that you're not yeah, breathing. Absolutely. And, and so many people do this. I mean, I, I know that I do it when I'm surfing, especially, yeah. if it, if it, especially if it's slightly bigger and I'm feeling a little bit tense. I'll, I'll, I'll pick up on myself doing it. The, the thing is, once you become aware of what you're doing, you then start to notice when you're doing it which is obviously then part of interrupting that pattern and creating a new habit and a new pattern. That, so one of the, so, so, so Matt, who has helped with my back, one thing that he does to just check people is, if he says someone come in the room, he'll say, oh, can you just pick that up for me? And, then, and I bet now, if, <laughs> if I asked you to go over there and pick something up over there, as you picked it up, you would hold your breath as you pick it up. Yeah. Whereas you shouldn't hold your breath because what you're doing is you're, you're by holding your breath you're locking in the tension you're just locking yeah. yourself up. So you've got to remember to breathe into it. So if you're going to pick something up, actually breathe as you're picking it up. Yeah. But don't, like just but don't hold your breath. So it's it's about becoming aware and about being conscious wow. of your breath. And as, as I said, I'm not a I'm not a breath expert. That's I'm, why. I, I, yeah. I, I, but <laughs> I know. But I know a bit. I know I know a bit about breathing to know that it's made a huge impact on my life over the last few years. Since I started getting into it, it's just like, yeah, okay, like, yeah. this is game-changing stuff. Hey, maybe I do need to get my nose fixed. I've had my nose broken six times, so I cannot, can't breathe properly through one side. So the thought of taping mm. my mouth shut, so if I get a cold or anything and or break my nose, sleeping is hell for me because I'm mm. Yeah. So that might be, could be my excuse for getting a nose job. <laughs> I, I said, I, my ex-husband said I wasn't allowed to have one until I stopped playing extreme sports because I just kept breaking it again. So a lot of people find it really claustrophobic when they when they have their mouth taped shut and they have to breathe through their nose. It it can actually send people into, into a bit of panic. So mm. so 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 with that, I think, and James Lester talks about this about this in the book. And there was somebody that really struggled to breathe through their nose, and they just took it slowly, just like okay, we'll just see if you can just do it for for thirty seconds first of all, okay? yeah. then see if you can go for a minute, and then two minutes, and, and after a short period of time, you'll you'll be able to. Obviously, if you've got actual things that aren't working properly. Actually, get it like lined up so air can flow through. Yeah. But, the, but the, the one thing that I will say is, since taping my mouth shut, and I've been doing it for a, probably about a year now, just under a year, I have not had a blocked up nose at all, at all. And I've got two young kids; they're bringing all sorts of yeah. colds and stuff into the house, and I've not had a blocked up nose at all. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Very interesting. Now we didn't do your bio or anything. We'll talk about while you were here. Um, it's probably a bit late in the piece, so we'll just put the put it in the show notes. I'm but just the, breaking, the, the broken neck guy. The, the broken <laughs> neck guy who has the pearly whites and is also known as a mando moped grinding. I've got lots of things I'm known by. I've, 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 oh yes, so the got, he's got the Colgate well, well, smile. Well, 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 there's <laughs> there's the mando. Then there's like we haven't really. I've, I've kind of touched a little bit on it as to the public speaking side of things, which is whereabouts. I suppose my 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 true. That's where I'm segueing to. Yeah, my my true skill lies in helping people become more confident as speakers, whether that is on camera or whether that's on stage or even just one-on-one, like just being able to communicate in a way that's captivating and engaging. So you you do your little segue while I have a drink of water because I've just realised how hot it is in front of this window. Yeah, I'm it sweating. Looks... If I'm glistening, <laughs> if, I'm, if I'm glistening in the camera, then... Uh, <laughs> 
Well, I can't open these windows because otherwise it just bangs on yeah, us. So right. unfortunately, you just got to sweat it out. Um, so yeah, where I was going was obviously we met through Ombi. Um, yeah, we did. When when the guys asked me to be a case study and allow myself to be embarrassed on camera while they took a average jade from you've done really well from being you've broken to barrel. You've done really well. <laughs> I get the pleasure of, of doing a lot of the filming, and uh, yeah, I know there's, there's, there's a couple of. Classic bits of footage oh. of, you, of you surfing, which which, the, which which would be great when we actually release them. The the somersault wearing the helmet. I did oh, ask. Gold. I'm disappointed. Nico missed me walking off the front of the board yesterday. Um, oh, no. I was like, I came back to Clayton and said that would have been yeah. epic. I said, I hope Nico got that. I was great. Yeah. He was like, I don't think I got it. I was like, oh, damn it. Yeah. Um, but I was super proud because Clayton hugged me yesterday and said he was proud of me. Did he? Like, wow. Oh, oh, that's what? a big, that, that's, that, little, is a, that, that is a huge thing. Clayton doesn't hug anybody. My little face. <laughs> I was like, oh my God. <laughs> that's fantastic. Uh, I was like so stoked. It's like not funny. I did, I, he said he wasn't sure if it was Jack's, my improvement or the magic hmm. board he gave me because it was magic one of those board. other moments <laughs> where he gave me a magic board. Um, so I met you through that and your connection with Ombi. Yeah. And so I want to talk about why I asked you here today, and that was because I seen you sort of enter into that tribe yeah. as such, and it was because of the the genius you brought to the to that tribe that was kind of the missing piece for them. Yeah, like, Clayton's got so much stuff. The guys have so much cool yeah. stuff, but there was a an element that was that was missing with the connection to the audience. Yeah, yeah, I feel that um, the genius is. Might be overflattering me there a little bit, but it's yeah. There, there was a, there was a missing piece. So Clayton is he is an amazing surf coach. The analogies that he comes up with and the way the that he's able, yeah, the Claytonisms yeah. that he uses to explain surfing are that to me they're nothing short of genius. Just the, the, the their ability to be able to take that idea and then apply it from like an everyday task to then mm. take it out into the water and go surfing is amazing. Then you've got Jeremy, who is this amazing guy who works behind the scenes, who's, who's been able to understand how to get Clayton's knowledge into a product that can then be then sold. The problem that they were having was Clayton's not very good on camera. <laughs> so I had been having some surf coaching from Clayton. Just uh, So I was just a, a, a coaching client of Clayton's, and then through coaching, I... Me being me, I like to have conversations with people, got chatting, find out what what he was all about, and said, "Oh, look, if you ever want any like any any guidance on on any of the videos or putting anything together, then then give me a shout." And so I ended up going around there one day because he had asked, "Oh, look, can, can you just come and watch how we're filming and see if we're doing it right and and the sort of thing that we're doing?" And so I stood there and I was giving this advice, and so I was saying, "Look, we like, can you do it like that?" When you go into the camera, can you just say it like this instead? Because it would be much easier for people to understand. Can I ask you, because I think the audience, there's so many people that have been thrust into the world of Zoom or, yes. or video presenting or they've had to up-level during the times of COVID. They've yeah. had to pivot, pivot their business. They've had to find a way to do a leverage program, yeah. take something online. What are, if you could give some specific tips that you gave Clayton that other people might be able to apply? apply yeah okay I'll, I'll, so dissect yeah, that I'll, process because this you. is your genius teaching yeah. people how to communicate and speak and show up better yeah yeah so what I, i'll tell you what i do so that to make it really easy 
for, for you to have some tangible takeaways so you know what you can do to take those skills to the next level. I mean, sort of just tell the client story that you'll, you'll probably get little bits within it, but then I'll give you a, a so straight three-pronged approach, okay. which is like my, that's like my, my, my golden nugget. If I'm going to give that, if somebody asks me how, like, how can I be a better speaker, it's these three things. Every okay. single time it's these three things. So stay, stay with us, stay yeah. tuned in, they're coming. We're so, not giving to you yeah, just yeah. yet. So, so there with Clayton, saying to Clayton, well, can you just say it like this? Like, do it like that, do it like this. And was, was trying to coach him into doing it, but just every single time that camera went on, and <laughs> you probably found this, you might be able to have the best conversation in the world with somebody. Like you're really good at chatting to somebody face to face. As soon as somebody turns a camera on, it's like someone gets out one of those men in black pens that erases your mind. And you just go, oh my, what? Where's my, where's my brain gone? Like everything's just suddenly fallen out of my mind. And that is so common. I, mm. I see it so much with people, whether it's on the camera, whether it's on stage, there's this fear. There's so much fear around forgetting what you're going to say or not knowing what you're going to say that you then end up making that a reality. Yeah. And so... Well, you're telling yeah. your brain that's what you want to do because yeah. that's all it's heard. Yeah. Yeah. And so Clayton was really struggling with it. And then I said, just do it like this. So then I jumped in front of the camera and said, so set like this, this, this. And they went, that was really good. Can you just like, do that? I was like, well, yeah, but now do you, you just do that, Clayton. And Clayton was why can't you just say it? I'm, because I'm not here and you're meant to be saying the program. Anyway, long story short, what ended up happening was I ended up saying, well, look, I'll record this one for you and then we'll work on the next one. They they then tricked me. I think that they tricked me <laughs> into then recording a whole bunch oh, more they stuff. They baited you. Yeah, and so I ended up becoming one of the presenters within within the course, helping create these short videos to then get to the to the tutorials. That then has has kind of grown. I've I, I, I really love what they're doing at Ombi and the and the direction that they're heading with it. So I've kind of become part of that little community. And then they wanted to build on social media. They wanted to start going live a lot more. Clayton, if you get Clayton in a conversation, he's really good. Oh, really good on camera. He's but ask an amazing him to speak on his own. coach. Yeah, yeah, like so, in, so, so, in so, good. so many ways. Like he'd be an amazing life coach. Yeah. The the way he's able to draw analogies and yeah. and connect to who you are, like, and give me relevant things that are oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. But and yes, he does. Get awkward when he's... Yeah, yeah. So on his own, just no use. And so as part of Ombi, they wanted to start creating this community, so the, so the Facebook groups, so the Surf Hacks Facebook we'll group. put a link to Surf Hacks in here. It's a free group. It's got yeah. so much amazing content. And, and they're yeah, every so Wednesday. I've kind of become the, right? the, the community interviewer. It's who <laughs> I've kind of become. So I'll, I'll sit down with Clayton every single Wednesday go through content i ask the questions as the average joe because look yes i surf but i would class myself as your, your everyday average surfer uh, i've been blessed that over the last year i've been able to surf a lot but yeah i'm just your, your, your regular guy out there surfing and just really getting excited by being out in the water so i come to it from you have net weight <laughs> you have never seen someone froth so much. He gets a barrel when he's uh, mandoing. He's got his hand plane on and yeah. he's doing the body surfing. Yeah! Woo! Woo! Um, he doesn't have caffeine. He doesn't drink. And I've just never seen someone so much like a small child with their excitement levels. It is yeah. absolutely contagious. Yeah. yeah. Look, this, this, and this is going to come up in a minute with, with, <laughs> with my little tips. But 
I live by this by this sort of I suppose silent rule. It's just going on inside my head, and it's something which I will probably develop a keynote around in the future. But there isn't any person. There's not one person that wakes up and says to themselves, I hope today's really shit. shit. Every single person wants to have a good day in some way, shape, or form. And so I approach every interaction that I go into, every time I do a presentation, every time I go out surfing, just when I'm with a group of people, I approach it that way. So if I'm out there having a really good time and got lots of energy, if that then infects somebody else and then they go, do you know what, this is, this is really cool, like, like it's just fun, it puts a smile on somebody's face, then I think that's a really good way to be. Well, that's the, uh, the key thing that Clayton says was fucking with my surfing was I was forgetting that I was there to have fun, like yeah. when we were when we we're going through the coaching yeah. and setting the intention before I went out to stand on the shore and say, I'm going to have fun. Yeah. And I think that if you can apply that to I'm walking onto stage, yeah. I'm just going to have fun. Yeah. I'm presenting live on Zoom. Yeah. I'm just going to have fun. Yeah. How do you... I'm, I'm, I may be stealing the, no, 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 the, no, no. the, the segue already. Let's, let's, not, let's not stop there. Let's not stop there. It's not just speaking. The reason, like, everyone watching now is, is, watches you because you help people with their businesses. So we're talking about people that own businesses. You didn't get into business thinking, I'm going to get into business because I really want to ruin the rest of my life. You got into business I just want to grind and grind yeah. and stress out and be like, responsible for everything. But you did it because you because that initial idea to you seemed like a really good idea. It seemed that it sparked something that made it fun. And all too often... like, Or you thought it was going to be the vehicle to get the freedom to have the fun. Yeah, all that. But ultimately, there was a, there was a fun element underneath that. And so many people forget that... that about the having fun bit, they get so mm. caught up in in the in, in the doing, and you've got to just pause for a minute and just go. And this is where breathing comes into it, and just go, okay, what what can be fun in this moment? And all, okay, this this sucks, but how, what what how can this become fun? Huh, that's so funny because the the Instagram story that I put up yesterday, I just realised I was literally talking about yeah. that from the surfing lesson, and it was like, where can you find the fun in things? Yeah, where can you just find the fun in it? Yeah. And if we look for it, if we program our brains to find it, this is the problem. We get too conditioned into looking for the shit stuff because yeah. we hear all the negative stuff from the world and all the naysayers around and, you know, people having a pissing contest on how shit their life is. Yeah. So we're programming our brains to look for the shit yeah. and look for the struggle rather than setting the intention and saying, I'm going to look for the fun. Yeah. And when you can find the fun, then you can A, laugh at yourself Yep. Not take yourself too seriously and realise even if you fucked up, as long as no one died, no one died. So yeah. does it really matter? Yeah. I've got a little saying that uh, if, if something bad happens, I go, is the world still spinning? Yeah, okay, right, we're cool. Yeah. Right, we're still going. When this happened, okay, so the, the only time that I, and it wasn't me being negative, it was me feeling upset was when they talked about having a halo. That was the only time that I ever felt upset. Otherwise, I was going, okay, I've got this. What can I do now? So I've now come up with all these ideas to create a mind surfing program that we can add into the Ombi thing. So visualization. So Okay, so I was speaking to Jeremy last night. Yep. I don't know if I'm allowed to say it yet, but he told me that by the time the podcast officially is released, that we'll have a link and that you have the voice of an angel. A very a, manly angel. A very manly angel. And that because were you there when I was talking about doing the visualization um, a couple, like a few Fridays before Christmas, 
I was asking, I said to Clayton, I needed a mind surfing right, visualization. Yeah. I really wanted to enter that as part of my meditation practice mm. in the morning because I get on the BOSU and maybe I'm watching Rob Machado, but actually for me, if I could build it into my meditation yeah. practice, and they said, oh, they've got one, then Clayton had done it, but then halfway through the, the phone beeps out yeah. and yeah. it's just not great. You'll be pleased to know. Apparently yours is amazing. It's been recorded. It's been recorded. It's been beach tested at the moment with a few people. So I so I'm NLP trained and got a bit of a background in hypnosis. I'm not um, I'm not certified. Enter the magician. As a, yes. as, a, as, a, as a hypnotist. So what I've done is I've used breath work, a bit of NLP, and a little bit of hyp- hypnotic language to create a visualization which lasts for 15 minutes, and yeah, it's all just about going out there. Did you film it? Is there video to go with that? No, it's purely audio. Okay. Um, I'm wondering if we might be able to add it into the podcast. Yeah, yep, um, absolutely. Would that be okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, great. As I was say, it's, this, this is the first one, so it's, it's being beta tested. This is a general one, and then we're going to look at, as as we move forwards, we're going to create a visualisation for each, each of the things. key element in yes. surfing, so like a pop-up. Bottom turn, yep. top turn. I'm so excited. Even, even just standing at the beach and assessing to get yourself into that that right mindset. And they're going to be sort of short 10 to 15 minute visualizations so you could just sit there and listen to it. Bit of breath Jeremy so, yeah. said it is next level. He said, you asked and we have now delivered. And I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to keep on asking for shit then. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty proud of it, to be honest. And I kind of created it for myself while my neck's broken so I can't surf for six months. Told I can't go in the water for six months. I'm pretty sure I can go well, sooner than that, but based but, on your trajectory moment, so far, yeah. At the, at yeah. the moment, the, the, the doctors are saying no surfing for six months. So, what I've decided to do is mind surf the shit out of things, yeah. See if I can still keep my surfing to the level that it was, and if anything, go back with improvement in the six months without a surfing, but using visualization. Well, there's so much science behind yeah. that, so um. Segwaying again, do you use visualization at all in other parts of your business or when you're teaching, um, speaking yep. or anything like that? Yeah. So where so, peop, some of the people actually, I think my last episode I talked about visualization uh, and some of the science behind it. Mm-hmm. But just walk us through how you use it and why you think it would be important not only for a business owner but a business owner who surfs for both of their passions. So I think I think we've kind of covered already for surfing. It's it, it's it's going to help you with your technique because you're going to be working through it. So when you go into the water, you you kind of programs your mind already for those you made the unfamiliar presence. familiar, yeah. and you made your mind believe. So the biggest thing is that our mind doesn't believe that we can do something, mm. and this is why when they bit, um, broke the four minute mile yeah. and all of these massive sporting achievements, and all of a sudden once one person's done it, ten yeah. people do it. It's because the brain doesn't believe we can do it. Yeah. So. And our brains don't actually know the difference between reality and dream yeah. as such. So if you can actually do the visualizations of you snapping it off the lip yeah. or doing that and you're making the unfamiliar familiar and you actually see yourself and you start believing that yeah. you you can do it, then your body responds to that because yeah. your brain has now built the muscle memory to be able to do it. I think the same thing applies in business, and I used to teach this a lot with making sales calls. Like I used to train recruiters, I trained like 150 recruiters yeah. to um, from scratch that had no experience, and they used to have to make 100 cold calls a day. And if you're not good at it, you get told to yeah. fuck off 99 times. But going through the process of visualization and setting the intention of how yeah. the other person's going to respond, conditioning yourself on how you're going to react to say 
a um, objection and yeah. keeping your physiology and the calmness has like such mass improvement over yeah. how you perform. It's ridiculous. Yeah. Sorry, segue yeah. on you. No, no, no. And I, I think that you've summarized it perfectly there. And it by using visualization, what I suppose what what, what you're doing is you're you're, you're training your, your brain to become familiar. But I think more importantly, for me, it would be that you are setting that intention. Yeah. So you're 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 focusing on on what you want rather than what you don't want. Because mm-hmm. as you said just a moment ago, we we are hardwired to find the negative. We're constantly looking for the negative from a survival point of view, which unfortunately holds us back a lot of the time. Yeah. And by visualization, you're setting that intention to look for the positive. So you're so you're focusing on that. So yeah. And when you when you mix it with a bit of breath work and stuff as well, obviously. Just it's ingraining it into your yeah. physiology. Yeah. Okay, I stole the conversation away from what were we teaching Clayton on how to present better <laughs> and how do we deliver? Oh, yeah, well, so, well, that's still an ongoing lesson to get Clayton to present <laughs> better. But when it comes to speaking, whether that's on camera, whether that's on stage, whether that is one-on-one, there are... So do you want me to share my three things now? Do it. Okay. Straight for it. I think we've waited long enough. I can... I'm sorry, Facebookers that are watching live. I have the comments box popping up, but it's hidden by something else on the screen. So I should have mentioned at the beginning that we um, we are live on Facebook. But a few few (laughs) hidden hidden comments there. But yeah, look. So let me give a a little bit more of a background here as to as to my skills within the public speaking arena. So when I moved out to Australia, I was in a position where I could write a completely new slate. Now, what, so this was 12, 12 years ago, yeah. So 12 years ago. Prior to that, being back in the UK, I'd all, I've always been self-employed. I've always had my own business. And one of the things that I did as a bit of a hobby was magic, okay? I see that I did magic as a kind of way to cheat being interesting. So when I was out down the pub and that kind of thing, it was a way for me to have <laughs> conversations with people without having to rely on being It was your pickup technique is yeah, what you're telling us. Kind of. Yeah. And... Um, does work sometimes. It's actually how we met it was a, through a magic trip. But I used to use magic as a way to to be able to have those interactions with people when I was out and about. So I wasn't naturally an extrovert. I I I found going out to people um, an awkward thing. Through being self-employed, one of the guys who was a really good client of mine used to run a cabaret night. And he got wind of the fact that I did card tricks. Normally only when I'm drunk. I'm still dying for this card trick. I've heard all about it. So he got the idea that that I did did magic. And so one day he said to me, look, do you want to come and do some stuff at my cabaret night? And I was like, well, look, I never really do it down the pub. It's not really, I don't really do it professionally or anything like that. He said, no, no, just just come up and uh, just go around the tables, do some roving magic around the tables and just go and enjoy the night and just have a meal and stuff like that. So I was like, okay, that doesn't sound like too much pressure. And well, anyway, it clearly was too much pressure because in about the week leading up to that event, all of a sudden I started having night sweats. I couldn't sleep. I was really anxious. Got got really irritable with everybody around me, and started having this whole real negative self talk going on inside. Like, what, what? What if I mess up the tricks? What if I'm boring? This and the other. Anyway, night night of the event, I'm there getting set up, ready to go on these tables, and I thought, well, I'm pretty good when I'm drunk, so let's have a couple of drinks <laughs> before I start doing this. Anyway, a couple of drinks, 
turned into two bottles of white wine oh. before I even did oh, the white first, wine. Before Excellent. I even, before I even did the first trick. Anyway, so there's me drunk going around these tables doing doing magic. I must have done all right because afterwards he was like, "Oh, that's uh, everyone's enjoying it." Everyone's like, "Hilarious." Yeah, and so then I, I ended up getting booked for the for the following year. And so that kind of turned into my entry into entertainment. When I came out to Australia, I was still doing carpentry at the time and didn't enjoy it. And thought to myself, well, I wonder if I can do make a living out of the entertainment industry. So I put a show together and started trying to get it out there. And I was falling sort of on, on deaf ears and hadn't had much stage time at that point in time. And so what we did we thought, well, if we raise money for charity by doing a show, I get to get some stage time, but we do some good at the same time. So we did 40 shows and 40 nights in 40 different venues around Australia to get my stage time up and to road test the show. From that, I then went and did the Adelaide Fringe Festival. From the Fringe Festival, I then applied to work on a cruise ship, got the gig on the cruise ship. First one, absolutely bombed. Like, it was probably <laughs> the worst thing I've, I've ever done. Then... Luckily, I had another one coming up. But a, luckily, the boat's already later. at sea, and yeah. they're stuck with you. Uh, I, think, I think they were pretty close to making me uh, walk, walk the plank. <laughs> and then, to, then took a gig, learned very quickly what I did wrong. Took a gig on another cruise ship. That went really well. I got, I got off the ship, and the agent said, look, there's the dates. Do whatever you want uh, in terms of dates. Just choose it and just tell us because they want you back. So I then went full-time into the world of entertainment as a mentalist on cruise ships and in that process that kept me away from home a lot so I then wanted to be back on land so I needed to break into the corporate market in order to break into the corporate market you needed to have some kind of profile like mm -hmm. you needed you needed some sort of authority so I was you wrote a book no I, I, <laughs> so I didn't do it through writing a book I decided that I'd get TV exposure so, mm -hmm. so back then 2012 TV was a bit of a bigger thing. Now it's more about the internet. But TV was a big thing back then. And Australia's Got Talent contacted me and said, look, are you doing mentalism? And I said, yeah. They said, look, we've never had a mentalist on the show before. Do you fancy coming on? And at this point in time, I was doing really well in the, in the cruise ship world. But I was like, this could be my way into the corporate world. So I had a bit of a conversation with Australia's Got Talent and said, look, this is my career. Mm. And I know that these shows can make you look really bad. So I will, I will do it. But... I want to be able to kind of, because I'm already doing it, I don't have to do the whole lining up thing. And if it goes really badly wrong, because with mentalism, there is a chance it can just completely bomb out. So if it goes really badly wrong, I want, I don't want you to be able to use the footage. Anyway, they ended up agreeing to it. And so, anyway, I went on Australia's Got Talent, did really well in the end. Uh, made it through to the top three of the semifinals. And that then launched me into the corporate arena, tied the TV profile. From that, then got other little TV segments, this, that, and the other. Uh, so that allowed me to raise the profile, which then put me into the corporate arena. So then I did corporate entertainment. Through doing the mentalism as a corporate entertainer, I, would then, I was then having companies saying to me, well, can you teach this stuff? And I'm like, well, I can't teach you the mentalism because that's really just tricks. But I can teach you the skills that I use as an entertainer on stage to communicate. Mm. And so then my keynote was born in communication skills. And then from, from there, I've then gone forwards in helping people communicate and I do it through teaching it via entertainment. So that's how I've come into this space of of being somebody who now shows people how to be better speakers and, and how to stand in front of of people with with confidence 
and to be able to keep them engaged as well. Mm. So that's, what, that's, what's, that's what's really important, is you, every time you get out to speak, you are always in a position where you are entertaining people because you want to keep them engaged. Because if they're not engaged, then, then they're not going to listen. And the thing is that a lot of business owners don't realise why they need this skill. They're like, I don't do video, I don't do, mm. I don't do no. lives, I don't, I, don't, I don't do events. Why do they need it? Because if any, like your, your whole, everything that you do relies on you being able to communicate <laughs> that to another person or to a hundred people or to a thousand people or to a million people. You have to be able to communicate everything, everything good that has happened to me, that has helped me move forwards, that has taken me in a new direction, that has grown me as a person has come about because of a connection that I made. And that connection that I made was because I was able to communicate with that person. Communication skills are... They are fundamentally so, so, so important. Yeah. I can't stress it enough. And for me, when I see business owners, they're like, oh, no one listens to me, or this, the meetings, they're rolling their eyes, and yeah. it's like, yeah. it's your fault. Take yeah. responsibility. You're making them boring, you're not communicating, and you're not talking so they can hear you. Yeah. So get out of your own ego and get out of the fact that you're the, I'm the boss. Okay. Should. And Golden one there. Yep. Get, it, get out of your own ego. It's never about you. Whenever you are presenting, whenever you are talking, it is never about you. Stop trying to feed your own ego, and make it about the other person. Every time I get out there to speak, it's never about me. I am there to serve those people that are in front of me. I am there to bring as much energy as possible to those people so that they are enraptured and engaged in what I'm saying. And you could have the most boring topic in the world. If you're a good presenter, you can make that super interesting. I have heard, I have heard financial controllers present at board mm. meetings, the most boring spreadsheets ever. Yeah. But the way that they wrapped it in a story yeah. and started with the engagement and getting everyone yeah. on board gets the enrollment. So you're thinking also about the result that you want at the end. Yeah. If you can think about the result you want at the end and what's in it for them, yeah. then you're going to have the win anyway because they, you're speaking so they can hear you and they're, and they're engaged. Yeah. So even the, even the accountant, even the financial controller presenting what's seen as boring data needs to learn these skills. If you're running a team, if yeah. you're if you're a tradie and you've got a team of even subbies underneath you or laborers, you want to up up level them and increase your productivity. Yeah. Then you need to learn how to communicate better. Yeah. And enroll them in the journey of what needs to be done. Yeah. Okay, the three tips. Okay. So the so the the three tips. Now, first of all, coming back to my original my original little silent motto that goes on inside my head. Make it fun. Yeah, is or, that it? no, no, nobody wakes up wanting to have a bad day. Okay. Anytime yep. you're ever presenting, so this, this video now, whether you're having a telephone conversation with somebody, people don't rock up thinking, I hope this presenter's really boring. They want you to be interesting. They <laughs> it's want so you shit, to be, it's like a throw tomatoes. They want you to be interesting. They want you to be engaging. So just remember that. Remember that at the, at the back of your mind. So the, the three things. Now, this comes from I had been presenting at a conference I'd been the opening speaker that morning. There was an industry speaker coming up afterwards. So this is somebody who isn't a professional speaker, gets on stage maybe once or twice a year at the annual conference. Uh, so going to be naturally a little bit awkward up on stage. Being awkward on stage is fine as long as you've got these three things. But, so this guy said to me, look, I'm about to present in a minute. Can you give me some tips on public speaking? And so I gave him a few bits of advice, but it got me thinking. And it was if I had like just a couple of minutes to teach somebody how to be a better speaker, how to be a better communicator, 
what would I teach them? And so I MC a lot of events. I get to see a lot of speakers. And these three things come up time and time again. With everybody who's a good speaker, who's engaging, these three things are there. And these are three things that I do. These are three things that all of the greats do. Like, where's my notepad? So. Oh, I can watch the video back. Yep, you can watch the ahead. video back. But if you, if, you, if you are watching, just write these three things down. So if you do these three things, guarantee you, it'll be a game changer. So number one is confidence. You have confidence in what, in what you are talking about. Mm-hmm. Okay, now being... Visualisation. Con- yeah, visualization it comes about in the way that you use your body and also the way that you are using your voice the the quickest way to kill trust with anybody is to show a lack of confidence as soon as there's a lack of confidence we pick up on it in a subconscious kind of way and we go something something just doesn't feel right so you've got to display that confidence that just means having open and approachable body language a lot of speakers they'll 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 make themselves really small and and they'll start to sway but just just stand strong Stand confident, and with your words, just be very intentional with your words. If you're struggling with what you want to say next, just pause for a moment rather than umming and ahhing and oh, 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 hang on a minute. Just be very intentional in what you're saying. So number one is confidence. You've got to display that confidence in your voice and in your body. The second thing, and I'm going to use different words here, is is energy, passion, or enthusiasm. Now the reason why I changed that word there is because I consider myself, when I'm, when I'm doing my show, when I'm on stage, I'm very energetic when I'm presenting. Probably part of the reason why I'm sweating a bit this morning is because <laughs> I come to things with a lot of energy. But then you take a, a, a speaker like, say, Simon Sinek, for example, oh. who is another amazing speaker, absolutely captivating, but he comes through with so much passion. But there isn't necessarily high energy. So yeah. when I say energy, it doesn't mean you've got to down a few cans of Red Bull and drink some coffee and get out there and be wired. I'd hate to think what you look like on Red Bull and coffee. <laughs> it's, not, it's not pretty. But, um, yeah, so so energy, enthusiasm, or passion. Mm-hmm. So you could be a slower speaker, but if you bring that passion, and that, and that comes through in the well, way that you use your words. We've seen that in a lot of really powerful speakers. Yeah. Their, their pace is actually quite slow. Even their tone yeah. is um, quieter, but the conviction... Yeah. which is the passion, yeah. is what's totally yeah. captivating. So I think the key takeaway there is you don't have to be like Anthony Robbins. Yeah. A lot of people yeah. think, oh, the only way I'm going to be a good speaker is to be larger than life yeah. and loud and like jumping up yeah. and down. That is not the case. No. You can tap into your own natural thing, and that's why I love that you've said the, the three different words. Figure out what resonates yeah. with you, and as long as that can, can come through authentically. Yeah. yeah. And just, w- just watch a whole bunch of TED Talkers. Uh, you'll get some that are high energy, some that are t- lower energy. And a good thing to do here is look at how many views those TED Talkers have had. And what you'll notice, and this comes to the, the, the final point, is that those people that have, had, that have got a lot of views, they're, they're, they, 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 they're confident in what they're saying. They're very certain about, about what they're saying. They have that passion, that energy. And the final thing, and this one always throws a bit of a curveball for people because they go, so I go oh, what? That's the third thing, is contrast. See? Well, it's funny because I was listening to a podcast on this this morning, or a book, I don't know. Um, but you can't have, oh, it's a TED Talk. Um, you can't have light without dark. You can't have the, and the analogy was actually you can't have the crest of the wave without the bottom. Mm. Yeah. Because. I like that. Yeah, I, I heard it, I was like, oh, I love this. Uh, actually, my copywriter sent it to me. She's like, you'll love this. And it was on anxiety and depression. But, yeah, so if you don't have the contrast, if you can't, if people can't see the the difference, mm. then it becomes bland, right? Yeah. It's yeah, 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 absolutely, absolutely. With contrast, from a uh, from a from a speaking perspective, 
what so if we, if, we, if we were talking about me coaching people to be stood in front of the camera or standing up on stage the way that i would apply contrast there is with your gestures with the way that you use your voice so at times you might want to be like like this bit is really exciting and this part of the story is really good but then, but but then there are times. but then there are other times where the thing that you're saying is really important and when it is really important, you might find that you need to slow down to really make that point. Because you want to create, we want to communicate in waves rather than just, so a lot of people, they'll communicate really, 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 really excited and then they'll go really serious. And then they might be really, really, really excited again. And you almost want to treat it as a bit of a wave. So, so you move through this thing. So you take people on a bit of a journey. We can do that through our gestures, through the way that we're using our voice. But to create that contrast, as soon as we don't have that contrast, we become monotone or monobodied. So we're very rigid, and you just become really boring to watch and to listen to. So we need to add that contrast to add in those moments that people kind of, in a way, they don't really know what's going to happen next. But because you're because you're presenting with confidence, they have that certainty in you. Because it draws back in the six human needs, right? Yeah. yeah. Certainty and um, and variety. Yeah. And so by having that contrast, you're going to keep people engaged. You're going to keep them awake. And like what's going on? It's, it's 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 one of the reasons why 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 magic works so well in holding people's attention because there'll be this setup, and then all of a sudden it's like ta-da! Like this has suddenly happened. So you've got like these crazy things that are going on, but it's always moving people in this kind of wavy kind of way. You're mm. taking people through different emotions, not just being monotone the whole way through. You're just gonna put people to sleep. People will tune out. People will roll their eyes. But if you can make things like if you if something's exciting, if something's really interesting, then you 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 show that. Like you can see them with with my body. I genuinely think that part of the table is really interesting at the moment. <laughs> and because of that, I will then bring a different energy to that part of the table. It's pretty spectacular, really. It is a pretty spectacular part of the table. But just it might it, have been when I just jumped across it to yell at you out the window. <laughs> <laughs> but being able to bring that change in, it is so important. So confidence, number one. Energy, enthusiasm, passion, however you want to label it. That is going to be number two. And then the third thing is to add in that contrast. Mix things up. Make things different. It keeps people engaged. And those three things, I guarantee, will make you a much better speaker, much better communicator, whether that's one-on-one -on -one or to a big group. So, yeah. I love it. Thank you. I'm going to ask you for one more thing. Yes. What? Actually, two more things. What is your number one tip for increasing your surfing? Or you can give us three if you want, that you've learned in the last year from getting Incre water? Increasing your surfing, how specifically do you mean? Um, I'll let you decide. Like, what's what's three things that have that have vastly improved your surfing life. okay one is body surfing body surfing has, has been a game changer for me in really understanding the ocean and being in tune with the ocean second thing would be focusing on one thing at a time so go okay this surf i'm going to practice just this particular thing so that becomes my focal point and then the third thing would be to slow down mm. stop rushing stop trying to force everything to happen slow down not just in surfing in life as well <gasps> Yeah, I was gonna say, and then what are the what are the analogies that you can draw across? You've yeah. you've always been a business owner in terms of yeah. you've always worked for yourself. So, yeah. what would be your three tips? Okay, at so your business body surfing was me approaching something that I love in a completely different way. So I became curious and tried different things. So it's it, in business. I don't I don't necessarily think like obviously if you've got if you've got, if you've got something that's working really well, then that that's great. But never. Limit yourself to just that. Always try, you know, you know what, if I try this, does that improve things? So just be open to trying new things and seeing if it does help. If it doesn't help, then just stop doing it. 
And the body surfing's a bit counterintuitive. And I know when you went live in the Surf Hacks group, some people were like, but it feels like I'm going backwards yeah. to go off my board yeah. and go back to the sort of beginner level. Yep. No, it moved me forward massively, like yeah. fast as well. And I think that can be applied in, in business as well. Yeah, it can absolutely. be counterintuitive, but again, I think this is ego. Yeah. Most of the people didn't want what it looked like in that um, thread, didn't want to go back to body surfing because their ego was like, yeah. oh, what are people going to think of me in the water? If we put the ego aside and look at where you can go back and maybe look at a new technique or a new yeah. way of doing things that you may have missed or things may have evolved, yeah. then your ability to up-level is going to be tenfold. Yeah, absolutely. So that's the body surfing. Then the next thing I said was focusing on one thing. And I think that that just, uh, like if you just try to do too much too fast in business, you end up doing everything crap. Yep. So focus on doing one thing really good, get good at that, and then add in something else. And I've, I've, I found that to be really helpful in business as well. That's why we focus with the six-week get shit done plans. We yeah. focus on one thing that we're going to run yeah. hard at for six weeks. Yeah. It allows people that are a bit ADD or, you know, have a bit of FOMO. Yeah. Like six weeks, you can kind of hold yourself account when you do 90-day plans yeah. or 12 months, not so much. But, yeah, then then you can really dial it in. You can look at what works, what doesn't work. Yeah. Like you, you get deep rather than spreading yourself too thin. Yeah. And then slow down. But when, when COVID kicked in, early part of last year obviously it's a bit of a game changer for me suddenly stages were gone i was i i had a little bit of panic and like what, what, what am i going to do what am i going to do because all of my work was standing on stage and talking same and i just got paid to fly around the world and talk shit yeah and then, and then all of a sudden and then it's happened. gone it's like someone's gone whoop rugs underneath you i had to get a house and unpack my suitcase <laughs> I had to. Uh, well, we we just we, we had just bought a house at that point in time. It was like, oh, and we and we just come back from the UK. So we'd, we'd spent all the money on the deposit, and then oh. go back to the UK. And we came back, and then all of a sudden, it's like, okay, now you're not going to earn any money. So I panicked, and I tried. I tried really hard to push things, and as much as I pushed, it was it was it was like yeah, I was meeting rub. resistance all the time. And I remember one one day, it was just like I just need to just almost step back, and it was weird. It was this is one of the woo woo things that I don't understand how it happens. The moment that I took my, I didn't take my foot off the gas as in, I didn't stop trying. But the moment I sort of moved back and went, right, okay, let's relax. Let's not try and force this. Let's try and find a way to make this flow. The second I did that, within a couple of days, I had phone calls booking me in for events. I was like, how did that happen? I haven't had any phone calls for weeks. The second I, I ease up and try to find the easy way, all of a sudden the phone calls started coming yeah. in. And then, yeah, the virtual trusting events started the universe. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's trusting the universe. And I think if you want to go super woo-woo, it's moving away from the want because if you're in the mindset of, of wanting, you get more wanting. Yeah. Whereas when you move from wanting to trust and just belief that, okay, if I step back, something's, yeah. something's going to happen, then yeah. the universe is able to step in. Yeah. Yeah. Look, I, I think for me, like there, there, there is this whole thing of the whole law of attraction and, and I think... For me, there's there's a couple of different ways of looking at this. Some people think if you just sit down there, it will just, it, you can just manifest and make it yeah. happen. No, Manifestation and action. Yeah, <laughs> there needs to be there needs to be some kind of plan, some kind of action, and but then you need that that manifestation to happen as as well as that. So those things combined mm. then then create it. But you, you just can't just sit there and just go right. Okay, I want this to happen. I want this to happen. Well, that's that's. See, the people that think they can manifest by just sitting and waiting, they're still stuck yeah. in the want, yeah. and they don't actually get what they want. Yeah. So I say it's manifestation in action. But again, it comes down to usually the visualization. 
it's about having the trust. But really, it's because when you've actually taken that step, you're actually opening yourself up to looking at different opportunities. Yeah. And I honestly believe it's because you start radiating from a different energy yeah. and then other energies stop bouncing off you and then connect. And then it only takes one to have that domino yeah. onto... I like that, 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 that woo-woo analogy. I like that. I'll, I, will, I, will, I will go with that one there without being too sceptical of it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Perfect. Well, I am so grateful that you popped by today. Oh, thanks for having me on. I'd love to, uh, love to, love to come back on. I'll bring some cards and stuff next time. We'll do I reckon we should stuff. do a yeah. follow-up episode. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Because there's so many things that we haven't touched on today. Yeah. And that's why I know we're on a bit of a time frame, but yeah. thank you very much. Oh, thank you. Um, just tell the audience, where can they get more of you? Oh, so if you, if you, if you want to get more than Anthony Lay... <laughs> com is my website. There's some stuff up there on YouTube. There's TV stuff that I've done. Done a lot of uh, trainingy kind of tips. I suppose like short videos on how on how to be a better speaker. So yeah, just check out either YouTube or the website, and you'll be able to Beautiful. get a bit more of an idea of what it is. We'll we'll tag him in all the show notes as always. But also, if you want to consume him on a on a weekly basis, join Surf Hacks. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So just on Facebook, Surf Hacks. And Clayton and he yeah. <laughs> go nuts every Wednesday. They're crazy. <laughs> I get my casual attire and then when I go on stage, I'm then in my three-piece suit. So. Oh, yes. Yeah, the, the contrast. That's, yeah. I no longer wear the three-piece suit, but I do tra- trade my uh, swimsuit for like a bod- for like a, a nice jumpsuit yeah. or something, like a play suit when I get, and heels. Shoes. Those shoe things. Yep, okay, shoes, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, it's been super fun for us. Oh, look, we've got things popping up. Did you do that? You made that happen? Dude. Wow, all of a sudden we're getting uh, comments pop up on the screen that we haven't noticed before. <laughs> Thank you, Facebook Livers. As always, stay tuned. And if you have anyone that you think could benefit from hearing from this episode, some of the genius of this man, the Mando, please make sure you comment and tag them wherever you're listening and watching. Okay, bye for now. Hey there, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of Barrels and Business. It was amazing. Isn't Anthony so great? As promised, I wanted to bring you his visualization for mind surfing. So what we're going to do now is just splice in the audio over a still image for you so that you can listen along and come back to it whenever you want and get this audio. If you want to get the audio only file, there will be a link in the show notes with something that you can click (laughs) and we'll make sure that we get that for you as well. Okay, enjoy. Hi, and thank you for tuning into this track. Now, in order for you to get the most out of this session, it's really important that you totally immerse yourself in the following visualization. What you're about to experience, it has the power to profoundly change how you feel emotionally and physically about your surfing. Now, while you're not going to be hypnotized, I will be speaking to you on a deeper level. I'll be tuning in with your subconscious mind to help you make positive changes. So it's really important that your subconscious is happy to make these changes today. So it might sound a little bit woo-woo, but if you are happy, then I want you to just think yes inside your head. Now, in order to proceed with this, what I need you to do is to get into a position where you're going to be comfortable for at least, I don't know, let's, let's say 20 minutes. Now, this can be sat down, it can be lying down, but what is really important is that you position yourself so that you can breathe fully and deeply. 
And I also want you to be in a place where you won't be interrupted or distracted. So if you've got a mobile device or a computer nearby that's going to start pinging and dinging, then make sure that you go and turn that off uh, or just put it on do not disturb. This next 10 to 20 minutes, it is all about you. Excellent. So you've got that sorted. So what we're going to do is we're going to be starting off with a few slow and steady breaths. Now, what I want you to do, don't start just yet. What I want you to do is I want you to breathe in for five and then out for five. I'm going to guide you through this. But you're going to be breathing deep into the belly first and then filling upwards, upwards towards the chest. So I want you to imagine this air is like a wave. And as you breathe, I want you to connect your breaths. So what I mean here is there is no pause between the in and the out. So I want you to imagine that your breath is like a wave coming into shore and then immediately going back out. So very much. So it's all connected. Now, if you can, I want you to try and breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth. Now, if you find breathing through the nose difficult, then that's absolutely fine. Just breathe through the mouth. It's not a big deal, but the ideal way to breathe is through the nose. So if you're ready and you're laying comfortably, then let's begin. So I want you to breathe in, two, three, four, five, and out, two, three, four, five. In, two, three, four, five, and out, two, three, four, five, and out. In, two, three, four, five, and out, two, three, four, five. So now as you breathe, I want you to focus only on the breath coming in and going out. Out. As you breathe in, I want you to imagine breathing in positive energy and in breathing in confidence. And as you breathe out, I want you to imagine breathing out negativity and stress. Continuing to breathe, five, in, two, three, four, five. Now, if at any time you find yourself drifting off, that's just fine. Bring yourself back to your breath. Continue to count. time you release some tension you become more and more relaxed so keep moving up the body starting at the toes over the ankles scan up the legs through into your glutes up through the back stomach chest now scan over your shoulders scan down your arms tip of your fingers that's right let any tension go I want you to scan your neck notice any tension scan your jaw scan your cheeks notice any tension inside your mouth scan your ears 
your nose, your eyes. Scan those muscles in and around those eyes. Notice any tension. And then notice dissolving that tension, allowing that tension to go. Finally, scan your forehead. Are you holding any tension there? Finish off by moving that attention to the top of your head. That's right. Totally relaxed. Now for the next few minutes, I'm going to ask you to use your imagination. Your imagination is powerful. So if you have your eyes open, I want you to close them for me now. And with your eyes closed, I want you to now imagine that you're standing barefoot on a beach. You're staring out towards the horizon. The water is gently lapping at your feet. The sun is glistening on the water. You can feel that warmth of the sun on your back. Imagine how good that feels. Now as you stand there, looking out at the sea, you notice a person surfing. This person surfing with style and with flow. Their movements are almost hypnotic. They glide into the waves. They get to their feet effortlessly. They smoothly glide from turn to turn. You can see their body moving in perfect harmony with the ocean. As you stand there, watching this surfer captivated, you realize that this isn't just any old surfer. You realize this is you, and not just any old you. This is a version of you that makes you feel amazing. This version of you makes you feel fantastic. This is a version of you that is totally in tune with the ocean. Imagine now that best version of you. I want you to add to it any qualities that you would like to have. Imagine your new style. The way this best version of you moves on the water. Visualize a version of you that is unstoppable. A confident surfer who understands the ocean. A version of you that paddles out into the water with certainty. This version of you has pushed through any limiting beliefs. You've pushed through any self-doubt, any insecurities, any negative qualities. They are gone, changed, they're sorted out. Imagine now getting closer to this best version of you. And as you get closer... I want you to notice how that makes you feel. Where does that feeling begin? Physically, where in your body, whereabouts do you notice how good that feels first? You see, normally in life, we have this thing that we call a self-image that dictates how we feel about ourselves. The problem is, is we tend to make a really unhelpful image that makes us feel bad. But this is the thing. It's just a picture. It is nothing more than a picture. You may as well create and carry around a helpful one, one that makes you feel great. So as this new version of you gets closer, notice how this feeling, this energy inside of you starts to get stronger. Notice where it begins and where it spreads to. 
Now, as it spreads and it expands through your body, notice how it feels when it reaches different places. Notice what parts of the body it affects and and how that feels. Now, as you breathe, I want you to imagine this energy, this feeling being pumped around your body. With every breath, it is amplified. It is multiplied. Notice how that feels in your body. Everything else can now fade away. And I want you to imagine now just looking at this powerful image of yourself like it's on a big cinema screen. Make it bigger, make it brighter, make it bolder. And as you make it bigger, brighter and bolder, those feelings get bigger and brighter and bolder and stronger too. Take that picture and move it closer to you. Notice again those feelings getting stronger and stronger. And that's right, put a smile on your face as you realize that this, this is the new you. This is the new unstoppable you. And as you feel those feelings, allow them to multiply, allow them to amplify through your body. Turn those colors up so it's more vibrant and saturated. Notice how you feel. Now take a deep breath. Turn your palms forwards and outwards towards this picture so that you are open to it. Notice again those feelings are getting stronger and stronger. As you look at that picture, put in some sparkle. Make it clearer, make it sharper, make it high definition, make it more vivid and more vibrant. Now bring it closer. Make it more colorful and feel the feelings getting better and better. Now, as you look at it, imagine now somebody has taken hold of this picture and they're stretching it back away from you like it's on elastic. And as they pull that picture back, it gets smaller and smaller and those feelings, they start to lower. See that picture as it's stretched so far into the distance, you almost can't see it. Those feelings are gone. Now, I'm going to count from three, and when I do, I'm going to release that picture, and it will blast straight towards you, hitting you straight on, pumping you full of those powerful, amazing feelings, even stronger than before. And each time I do this, those feelings will get stronger and more powerful. Get ready, and one, two, three, release. Feel that energy move into your body, all the way through your fingers and toes. Breathe it into your body, stretching back again. That picture starts to get smaller and smaller. As it gets smaller and smaller, those feelings start to go. And then one, two, three, I blast that energy back into your body. Breathe it in. Feel it spreading through your body. Feel that feeling from your head down to your toes. Now, I want you to think of something that makes you feel bad about surfing. Something that that triggers a negative, nervous or anxious response. Now, that might be maybe surfing in powerful waves. It might be surfing a reef. It might be falling on your pop-up. Whatever that is for you, just picture that now and imagine how that would normally make you feel. I want you to allow those negative feelings to start to rise. And as those feelings start to rise, it's as if your brain suddenly kicks in and it goes, no, not that, this. And one, two, three, release that new confident energy back into your body. It removes those feelings that are normally be holding you back. Notice how those negative feelings are gone and how you are now ready to handle any situation with absolute confidence. Take a few moments now to really let this new version of you be absorbed into your mind and body. This is who you are. This is you. You now have the power to crush any self-doubt. You have the power to crush any anxiety. You have the power to get out in the water and surf with speed and power and flow. From this moment forwards, 
you know that you are unstoppable. Take a moment and allow that feeling of a new you to be absorbed into every cell in your body. Take whatever time you need to make the changes you need to and then only when you are ready to focus your attention, focus it back on your breathing. Once again, counting in for five and out for five. Start to wiggle your fingers and your toes. Notice those sounds around you. Notice the smells around you. And only when you are ready, take one big breath in. Let out a big sigh. And reorientate yourself back into the room. Hey there, Barrel Chasing business owners. Thank you so much for tuning into today's episode. What would be amazing and allow us to reach as many business owners just like you would be if you could leave us a five-star review on iTunes. If you feel like you got any entertainment or any value out of today, if you could pop on over, that would mean the world to us. See you on the next show.